This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. i sorry, my mind's going in about a thousand different directions. If I were to pull back the curtain completely, I would uh, be honest that tonight my daughter starts chemo for the second time. And uh, unfortunately, occasionally those, those thoughts sneak in as to what you're doing and uh, it, it kind of sidetracked me there. My problem. All right, 837 here on the Blitz 1170. Let's jump back into some football here with a guy who knows a little bit about what's happening in Arkansas. That is Jacob Seuss, our 5 News Fayetteville insider. And I guess the little bit about what's happening is, I'll just say this, my Aggies played well, your Razorbacks didn't in the second half. What in the world is happening? Well, Rick, I'm going to start off by saying, you know, I'm thinking about you and your daughter. Your your family will certainly certainly be in my be in my prayers tonight. But um, yeah, Arkansas not a uh, not a good showing once again. You know, you you went into Arlington in a borderline must win situation, coming off a close game with with LSU two weeks ago. You you thought this this team would maybe play with a bit more confidence, a bit more momentum after taking the Tigers down to the wire in Baton Rouge, but it really was the the complete opposite. But, you know, it's, you know, you know what you have at this point, you know, it's now been three weeks in a row, the, the BYU loss, the LSU loss, the A&M loss, you know, it's, it's all, it's all the same things, you know, it's, it hasn't improved really at all, but it starts with, it ends with the offensive line, which was just abysmal again on Saturday. You know, I think everyone on the on the Texas A&M defensive line got a sack. They were handing them out like <laughs> on Saturday. You know, the, the offensive line really was really was bad. KJ Jefferson. You know, you, once he got to the fourth quarter, you felt bad for the guy. Every time he dropped back, he was he was eating that turf at, at Jerry World. So you know, it's hard to. Hard to do anything on offense, you know, when uh, when you have two seconds in the in the pocket to to do anything. So you know that's at the that's at the base of this team's problems. But you know it goes it goes a lot deeper than that. You know Arkansas is now two and three, zero oh and two in SEC play. You know this certainly isn't a spot anyone thought they'd they'd be in during uh, during that that long month of, of fall camp. No. You know, early on, though, they were effective. I saw a stat that, you know, against that end of that first quarter, from that first quarter on, K.J. Jefferson had passed for, I think, seven yards in a quarter and a half. And part of that was the pressure, there's no question. Is that an adjustment by A&M? Was that Arkansas hitting a dry spell? Why did it suddenly just kind of fall apart? You know, Arkansas – once they saw the offensive line wasn't wasn't getting the job done, of course, you know, A&M adjusted themselves and, you know, they were sending guys left and right as they absolutely should have been. But Arkansas, you know, they were trying to mix it up a little bit. They were running the ball more. They were doing, you know, trying to throw more bubble screens, trying to see if they could operate on some, some quick plays and, you know, before – before the line could get to KJ and, you know, it, it, it really didn't work, you know, with, with KJ Jefferson and the crop of wide receivers, Arkansas has, you know, the more time he has in the pocket, you know, the more successful they're going to be. I mean, you could say that about any, any quarterback and in, in their wide receivers, but, you know, you look at the wide receiver stats, they did nothing on Saturday because they didn't, they didn't have a chance to, to get open. And, you know, that's really been the, been the case for for the last couple of weeks too a lot of a lot of those guys in the the newly revamped wide receiver core have have gone quiet for this team and you know now 
looking ahead to Oxford this weekend, you know, you know Ole Miss is going to score points, and the only way you're going to stay in that game is if you if you mirror them back and forth, which has been the case for so many Arkansas Miss games over the last couple of years. But I don't know if Arkansas is capable of of hanging around with them offensively this time, and, and that could make for for another long ball game. We're talking to Jacob Seuss, 5 News, Arkansas. He is our insider, and we talk about Razorbacks football. We'll get into a little bit more of their scheduling because I've got a question in a moment. First of all, Scott? Yeah, not only did the Razorbacks lose the game, they also got another piece of bad news. Luke Haas, mm-hmm. broken clavicle, probably done for the season. He was growing into a real offensive threat for the Razorbacks. How big of a loss is, is, them, is this for them going forward? You know, you could you could argue he had been the biggest offensive threat over over the last couple of weeks. Him and KJ had really really found a, a great chemistry, and you could see the the dynamic of the offense changed. You know, he went out on on the very first series of the game. Of course, made a made a long catch, got got hit pretty hard, and and that was it. You know, I think everyone was hoping you know maybe it was a a separated shoulder. You know, something something a little a little better than a, than a broken clavicle. So that's a, that's a ginormous hit. You know, he's been the most consistent guy, you know, Arkansas has had a couple of receivers who have, who have had big games, big catches here and there, but you know, he's consistently gotten better each and each and every week. And now I'm not sure where Arkansas goes tight end wise, you know, they have a lot of tight end depth, but no one who has stepped up remotely so far this season. So they actually, this week at practice, we're trying third-string running back Dominique Johnson at, at tight end. You know, he's a little bit of a, a bigger guy. He can – he good hands, can catch the ball. So, I, maybe they'll, they'll unveil that on Saturday. So, that's a, that's a huge, huge blow for Arkansas. And, you know, Luke, he was just a little bit past his redshirt point, which also really stinks, you know. When you have a, a an injury like that, you know maybe you could look on the bright side and get an extra extra year out of it. But but that's gone for him as well. So tough tough blow. Um, now you just you, you look forward to to him getting healthy, and you know you saw that potential and get you excited for for what the next three years will look like for him. Jacob, who in the world allowed this schedule? I mean, literally, you 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 had BYU at home, and then you you go you know you got go to Arkansas, or pardon me, go to LSU, you have to travel to play, you know, A&M, then you, you go to Mississippi, then you go to Alabama, then, yeah, you get Mississippi State and you get Florida at your place, but then you go to Florida. Who in the world put this thing together to keep the Hogs on the road this long? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, you know, the, the A&M game certainly doesn't help that, that it was in Arlington. You know, yep. that's a bit of a break. Since this was Arkansas's allotted year at home, you know, we're entering, you know, we just finished week five of the college football season. Arkansas has already had two home games this year that weren't played in, in Fayetteville, the, the Little Rock game in, in Arlington. But, yeah, it's it's brutal. It's, you know, I'm, I'd be hard-pressed for anyone to find a harder four-game stretch on any college football schedule this year. The funny thing is, though, you look at it, you know, we, we – we've been talking about that schedule, that stretch for a while. It's easier. I don't want to easier for, for lack of a better term, easier than it originally looked, you know, cause LSU was supposed to be one of the top, you know, 10 team in the country. They're certainly a, a great team, but 
you know, I wouldn't call them a top 10 team in the, in the country, you know, A&M's a good team, but, you know, certainly a game that if Arkansas had played better, could have, could have hung with, and, you know, Ole Miss has had its moments this year, and Alabama has had its moments this year, but I wouldn't say either of those teams are, you know, world beaters as well, but, you know, coming into the season, you looked at that schedule, and you said, you know, maybe, you know, two of those teams at least could be competing for a national championship at the, at the end of the year. And they're, they're not going to be. So, you know, they, it actually wound up being a, a, you know, a bit of a, again, easier stretch than, than you thought. But I think, you know, at this point, it's very realistic that Arkansas, you know, comes, comes home from that stretch. Oh, and four, you know, they're going to, they're going to come home a month later with the same amount of wins as they had when they, when they departed for this, for this road trip, you know, and, for that for that BYU game under the lights a couple weeks ago, you know the fan base was excited. It was a sold out crowd. You know if they come home against Mississippi State on October twenty first, sitting two and five, you know zero oh and four in SEC play, you know it's it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty depressed, half filled Razorback Stadium. It would be fairly ugly. Uh, tell me about this proposed or did it really happen? Email exchange with Dan Enos and a student after the A&M game I, I'd seen something saying well maybe it was real maybe it wasn't real I know that the university kind of refused to answer it what do you know I I'm gonna say it's it's not real is what is what I is my my theory you know Danny knows is uh you know he's he's a very quiet guy when it comes to to that type of stuff you know he has social media but he doesn't he doesn't really use it he's quick to uh to throw the uh the block up on on social media so him responding to a student would would highly <laughs> surprise me um mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's fun to believe it could be real you know if he's, <laughs> if he's responding responding to someone i mean if you watch the game on saturday he could be using all the suggestions uh that he gets if I see them operate a, a fourth and one play one more time with KJ Jefferson and the shotgun, you know, I think everyone's pretty, pretty, pretty sick of that. Dan, you know, is uh, certainly under fire right now. So maybe he, you know, should be reading those, those student emails, you know, yeah. start, start draw, drawing up some new plays. Especially a fourth down on your side of the, of the, I mean, that fourth down call shocked me on right. your side of the field. Holy, yeah, right, I know, right? And then there's a timeout, and then you're still going to run the same thing. I, I thought when they called the timeout, all right, he's going to kick it, which made sense right, right. there, and then, they, and then they don't. Is that desperation on Sam Pittman's part? 100%, 100%. And, you know, at that point, it was a fairly even game, yes. you know, A&M. The only difference was A&M had, you know, put – put some touchdowns on the board where Arkansas had stalled in the red zone a couple of times. Besides that, you know, it was fairly even back and forth. And that, that changed the, the entire game. You know, you get the touchdown before halftime, A&M got the ball coming out of the, out of the break. Yeah, that was, that was hundred percent desperation. And, you know, there's, there's times to be desperate and, and times where there's not. And Sam Pittman does not go for it on fourth down. That is one of his, you know, that's one of his coaching philosophies. And we've seen it twice now in the last two, three weeks that, you know, he's going for fourth and down, fourth and one, fourth and inches in his own territory. So, yeah, he's he's feeling the, the, the heat for sure. 
obviously his job isn't in jeopardy, but if things really go south, could we see some assistant coaching changes in the off season? You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say no to that question, but so many guys are new right now. You know, the Dan Enos, Travis Williams, the defensive coordinator, you know, all these guys are new. One, one place that you, you do look, you know, Cody Kennedy, the offensive line coach, you know, what's, what's going on over there. But, you know, you have to look at Sam himself because he's an offensive line coach by nature. So, you know, why, why isn't this working? But, you know, at, at some point, it's not the, it's not the coaching. Maybe it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the guys who are, who are doing it. You know, you could coach them so much about so many things, but, you know, if they're, if they're just not SEC level offensive linemen, you know, I don't know how much that coaching really is going to help because this is the first time during Pittman's tenure that he's had any sort of offensive line problems. You know, normally you don't even notice the Arkansas offensive linemen because, because they're playing so well. So, yeah, I think, you know, if it's another really, you know, disappointing ending for Arkansas, which, you know, everything is pointing in that direction, I think you have to really take a, take a look at the whole program after the season and, you know, say, why, what, what, what are we doing? Why, why isn't this working? We recruited heavily in the off season. We have some, some big time recruits that, that we brought in. What, what, what's the, what is the issue now with, you know, two more extremely talented teams set to join the SEC this year and potentially push us even closer to the bottom. Yeah, right about now, if I'm the SEC, I'm looking at Oklahoma, Texas, thinking, yeah, I'm glad they're coming, but uh, maybe not quite uh-huh. as much. Well, I, it's uh, going to be – it's always fun to go to Oxford. You know, you can always make a run through the Grove, you know, get yourself a hot toddy, uh, you know, because that's I always – I, I don't know if Arkansas agrees. I don't. I don't think. So. <laughs> well, let's just say it's fun for the rest of us. We'll see how it turns yeah. out for everybody else. And you know what? You can always you can always expect Lane Kiffin to throw up at least one goose egg. So I would not be surprised if this were the one. Jacob, have a good week, and we'll hopefully talk about better things next week. All right. See you guys. Yeah. Hopefully, no uh, no four game losing streak next Wednesday. Oof. But. Uh... Not feeling super optimistic about that. I understand that. Jacob Seuss, 5 News Fayetteville. He's our Arkansas insider. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.